Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. And it's already been a fantastic first two days overall of the NHL. Don't worry, Islander fans. It's going to get better for you very soon enough. As uh, as as it's going to be playing in about a matter of an hour. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, and I did not lose to Seattle last night. And I'm joined by the host of the final buzzer, a Mr. John Falkowski. So, Devils fans, you still want to heckle Igor Shesterkin? You really think that's a good idea? Keep doing it. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah, that's not exactly the best idea. And the man who is looking for his first win of the series, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Hey Mark, how do you how do you think Michael Bunting feels right about now? Oof. Ooh, yeah. I mean, better we're than gonna you. get to that in a moment. I'm sorry, my uh, mouse just went down for a second, so I'm gonna fix that because we are going to go to the A block. Everybody, we're gonna start quickly on a recap of last night's game, and then we're gonna talk more about the New York Islanders right now. Let's get that. Yes, the and- A block graphic. And so we will start with the New York Rangers, who uh, you can see the recap fully on the final buzzer with that man, Mr. John Bukowski. And look for our 60-second game reviews and even our game breakdowns, either on Big Apple Hockey on our uh, Facebook page or Anthony's Breakdown on All Things Islanders, which is very thorough and also got me in trouble because I was reading off his notes and people were kind of ripping me for a little bit um by the way if you want a big apple hockey trucker hat click the link below order one uh we got him in we got him also with the white background as well the a block is powered by SeatGeek. use the promo code big apple hockey 20 dollars off your first order phil last night really quick we're just going to touch on this no more than a few minutes the new york rangers beat the new jersey devils five to one in game one last night chris Kreider two power play goals he's now the all-time leading playoff goal scorer in new york rangers history adam fox four assists Philk, did this change your opinion of this series <laughs> out here in the fields i fought for my meals Oh, yeah. I'm feeling really good right now. Alexa, fire up Bob O'Reilly for me, please. Just fire it up right now because that's that's what needs to happen. Um, yeah, this definitely changed my opinion of the series. Uh, I, I would say that I think the Rangers made a big adjustment to the way that they played the Devils in the regular season. They were able to take away the middle of the ice, and they were able to take away a lot of space from Jack Hughes. And Jack Hughes was definitely frustrated. Yeah, he scored. He got his penalty shot. There was a misplay there. Um, yeah, I, I think I will stick to my day job. I'm not. I'm not trying out for American Idol, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay, we're cool. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're. I, I think that Gerard Gallant came out with a masterclass plan, and I got to. Uh, I got to give him credit. He had a game plan, and he he stuck it to Lindy Ruff, and he absolutely outcoached him. The Rangers dominated them. The Rangers' talent showed that they're not to be trifled with. And if you're going to tell me that there is a better defenseman than Adam Fox in the playoffs right now, then I am going to laugh at you because Kale McCarr never had a night like Adam Fox had last night in the playoff game. Not not happening. Four assists, dominant at both ends of the ice. Adam Fox firing one-timers on net. 
You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. So big, big game from Adam Fox. Big game from Chris Kreider, who, I, like you said, I know you're very happy being the president of that fan club. Um, all-time leading, uh, leading goal scorer for the Rangers in the playoffs. Uh, big game from him. I know people want more to Patrick Kane. Hopefully there's more from him. Um, I loved what I saw from everybody up and down. The fourth line was great. Barkley Goodrow probably had his best game as a Ranger. He was just incredible all night. Um, the Panarin-Tarasenko-Trocek line was probably their best line, and the kid line played very well also, and Filipino got rewarded. Great night. Igor Shosturkin, great one tested. Rangers dominant. And uh, that game was really never close. After the third goal, you could have turned the game off because New Jersey never had a chance after that. So the Rangers, yeah, like DP says here, the Rangers, wait for it, shot the puck. <laughs> gasp. Insert gasp. Yeah, they, they shot the puck and they scored. That's what happens when you shoot the puck and you don't try to pass it into the damn net. Anthony, does this change your opinion on the series, or is it just one game? Muted. Muted, bud. I got thanks. him. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Um, you know, the Rangers were dominant, no doubt about that. I don't know if it changes my, my thought process in the series. I'll tell you why. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, the lockout shortened year in 2012-2013. Uh, when the Islanders made the playoffs for the first time again since I think it was 2007 at that point, and they played the mm -hmm. Penguins game one. Uh, Pittsburgh waxed them. Pittsburgh absolutely waxed them. They had no experience. They're young guys. They looked it. They looked like they were shell-shocked. Um, and then in game two, they came out and they beat Pittsburgh and they tied the series at one. There's a lot of parallels there. The Devils are, are a young team. They haven't made the playoffs in a long time. Uh, and I think they were shell-shocked, and the Rangers, rightfully so, didn't show any mercy, and they kept their foot in the gas. I I expect the Devils to come out and play a really, really strong game tomorrow. Um, you, you absolutely destroyed them in game one, but I don't think it's going to be a laugher all the way through. I think the Devils are going to come out and give you a really, yeah. really good good game on, on uh, what, tomorrow um, and see if they can even the series, you know, so – I think they're a little bit humbled. I think I, if I would imagine in their lot in that locker room right now, they're saying, "Okay, well, there we go. We got it. Out, we got it out of the way. You got a playoff game on your belts now. You know, you could breathe maybe a little easier and get back to playing the hockey that they know they can." And I think that's what they're going to come at you with. Um, Rangers still could very well win Game Two if they play the way they did last night, but, but I think they're going to be in for a much harder game than they were yesterday because that was a laugher. Um, so no, overall it doesn't change my doesn't change my outlook on the series. I, from the get go, I said both teams are extremely talented. Um, so we'll see what happens in game two. But um, yeah, the Devils got absolutely waxed in every area of the ice last night. I think what's going to be critical on this is going to be that experience factor. Now the Devils just got shellacked. So are they going to come back and they're just going to come at you with all their talent and their youth? And right now, you got to believe there. Andre Palat said something in the locker room to kind of calm everybody down. Rumor has it he's had some playoff success in his career. But uh, uh, so right there, the Devils are going to have some of that. The thing is, all the Rangers stars already have that experience. And 
look no further right away than the guy that scored two goals last night and scored goals against the Devils the last time these two teams played when he was fresh out of college. Chris Kreider has been a money player for the New York Rangers in his playoff career. I know uh, Phil's popular nickname for him is Kreider the Friendly Ghost, but if you look at some of the biggest games this team has played over the last decade, Chris Kreider has not only showed up, but he was a major factor. And if he's going to be that terror in front of the net, good luck, New Jersey. You don't have, and you think Ryan Graves is going to stop him. You think uh, John Moreno is going to stop him. They might slow him down a little bit. That's about it. And uh, New Jersey, they, they still have a ton of talent. They, they can easily take game two tomorrow. I do have one thing, a caution that I threw out there at all steps of the previews. Vitek Vanacek in his four playoff games in the playoffs, one with Washington in 2021, 4.5. He gave up four goals. So he was, uh, that's all you need to know about that. Two games in uh, 2022, he gave up seven goals, four last night. Is this guy a playoff goaltender yet? I don't think he is. And I think it's going to be um, a bit of a learning experience for him and him having to look across the way at Igor Sesterkin, who had those struggles in the first four games of his playoff career last year. I don't want to hear about the play-in tournament, but that's about it. Phil, last word on the Rangers. I'll, I'll say two things here. First, and I, and I said this last night, is that the Rangers with a worse team last year beat a better Carolina Hurricanes team that I predicted to beat the Rangers in six games. As did I. Carolina, the Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes – play a very, very similar type of game. And Gerard Gallant found a way to beat a better coach, if you ask me, or if you ask just about anybody in the NHL right now who's a better coach, Brendan Moore or Lindy Ruff. The, Gerard Gallant found a way to beat Brendan Moore with a better team. This Ranger team is better than last year's Ranger team. So um, I, I think Gerard Gallant has found something. And also, um, you, know, you talk about that comparison before between the Islander, you know, the Islanders and the Penguins comparison, Anthony. The the Penguins were a very shaky team, and yeah, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, but that that moment there, that run, that 2013 run, kind of started that little downslide that they had for those few years, heading heading into their their back to back Stanley Cup wins, when you know they they got kicked by Boston, absolutely kicked by Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. Then the Rangers beat them in the second round, and then the Rangers beat them again in the first round. So uh, I, I get where you're coming from, and I, and I don't think it's going to be a laugher either, but I, I, I do think that the Devils have an uphill battle to climb, a big one. All right. Well, that's going to be it for the rest of the, the talk about last night's game because let's focus on tonight's game as you have the New York Islanders taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Anthony, two power play goals by the Hurricanes in game one, one redemption goal 24 seconds after the second goal. What do the rain, what do the Islanders, I'm sorry, need to do right now to even this series? Muted. Muted again. Stay out of the box. They got to stay out of the box. Five, five on five. It was a one nothing game in the Islanders' favor. Um, <clears throat> truthfully, I <clears throat> I didn't mind the way at all they played at five on five. Uh, you know, they the, the Hurricanes had one more chance, and like we referenced the other day, Mark, it was eleven to ten in the chances. So 
the Islanders could can play that way they did in five v five, just maybe a little bit better and stay out of the box. I think they could easily win the game. Um, both teams play a similar style in the sense that they they don't give up much offensively. They wait for the other team to make a mistake. They pounce. They capitalize. So the Islanders got to stay out of the box, and they got they got to be physical. They were very physical in game one. They got to be physical in the Hurricanes. Um, you got to hit the guys like Brent Burns, who moves the puck up and down the ice pretty quickly. He had two points. He was integral in the Hurricanes win in game one. Um, but the Islanders have to be patient. You have to be patient. If they play their game, eventually they'll, they'll, they'll find a mistake that the Hurricanes made. They'll exploit it. That's how they got the majority of their chances in game one. Um, one of the glorious chances I referenced that Anders Lee messed up was you know, Hurricanes flew the zone early. Barzell kept the puck in along the wall, gave it to Lee all alone in front. You know, Engvall had a break in um, by himself off off a giveaway sloppy play by Carolina. So the Islanders got to keep doing what they're doing, and, and eventually some of these pucks are going to go in the net. Antti Ranta is not Dominic Kashik. So be patient, stay out of the penalty box, um, and just keep playing their game. We all know they're going to be close games. This isn't a series that's going to be 5-4. They're going to be 2-1, 3-1 you know, maybe three, two games. They're not going to be high scoring. So the team that essentially just can manage the puck better and limit turnovers for the most part is going to find, uh, to find themselves on the, on the winning side of things. So um, I'm just, again, I, I also I could get to it later in bar talk. I think it's a topic, but Lane Lambert needs to find a way to get Matt Barzell away from Jordan Stahl. I know they're the away team right now, so it might be a little harder but good coaches find ways to, to win those type of coaching battles. Um, and if Barzell could shake loose of him, that will help a lot. Phil, what are your thoughts on this series? And th- does it kind of seem a little bit like Link versus Dark Link, like almost mirror images of these teams? Or is it just me? In a way, yeah. Um, I, I, I do think that the one thing that I would be concerned with as an Islander fan is their, their lack of scoring. And they've had trouble scoring here and there. Um, they don't have a lot of true top-end scorers. I know that Bo Horvat was brought in to increase the scoring punch, but even him, outside of an outlier year, he's not a he's not a big-time scorer. And his numbers have dropped off drastically since he's come to the Islanders, which expected. You're not going to continue to shoot at what 22% what he was shooting at in Vancouver. And considering Vancouver was just a, a carefree, run-and-gun type team where you could just wheel and deal and do whatever the hell you wanted offensively there, um, you have to play a lot more of a more sound and structured game you know, for Lane Lambert slash Barry Trotz because, you know, after all, it is somewhat of Trotz's system he's still using as a protege. Uh, my concern is, is that they don't have a real true finisher outside of Corvette. And I would say Nelson. And that's where this could be problematic for the Islanders. So, like Anthony said, you need to get that matchup uh, and you need to free Barzell and Horvat from that Jordan Stahl matchup and try to take advantage of something. And you know what? Since you're on home ice, the only way, or you're on away ice, I should say, the only way that you're going to be able to do that is to have an extended shift in a zone where you're where it's an overlap where that line can get away and the Islanders need to establish consistent offensive forecheck in the zone. And I honestly, I didn't see enough of that. I know that Anthony, you, you, you might believe that they were the better team at five on five or it was very close. I, I, I think they need to be much better than what they were at five on five. I don't think they were particularly great. 
Um, I do agree with you in the, uh, in the aspect that they need to stay out of the box because now all of a sudden Carolina, unlike last year, is now finding ways to score on power plays. Um, I don't think Ilya Sorokin was bad. I, I do want to see him take his game to another level, though, because I think that's what it's going to take for them to win this series is I think he's really going to have to go into God mode and and really kind of steal this series from them because the way that Carolina's defense is playing right now and the way that Brindamore has a big coaching advantage over Lambert, uh, I'm not too optimistic about that in terms of a, of a perspective for the Islanders. So give me more from Sorokin. I want to see Anders Lee put a puck in the net. Um, he needs to start scoring big time. And then I also need to see something out of before that. You were brought in to be the guy. Now it is time to earn your paycheck. I don't think there's going to be many nights where the second – uh, the 20th ranked power play unit is going to be better than the ninth ranked penalty killing unit. Uh, though, again, as I said in the video yesterday, don't disrespect uh, Brent Burns, who was a Norris Trophy winner and probably the best defenseman in a long time at getting the puck to the net. Um, <laughs> I love this comment. I don't know why. I just saw this and I just. Oh, man. <laughs> First of all, Paul and I is welcome to the show. Evolution of beard growth. I don't know if you're talking about us or Brett Burns, but I, I, I think also. Um, I think he might be talking about you, Mark. I think he's talking about us because you got the novice, uh, intermediate, and the expert down on the bottom box. Oh, God. Um, but I think I, I think there's a little bit of Ilya Sorokin also being already in the Hurricanes' heads. Marty Natchez on a two-on-one when the defenseman played it perfectly, tried a saucer pass that was about at the letters, and they were trying to bat it out of midair. Are you that stupid? Throw it at the at the pad. Try to get a rebound and and get out of there. If you're already thinking about that, you're having trouble beating Sorokin. Look at look at this game tonight and. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders steal it, if that's the case. Now, on the other hand, Pollock's goal wasn't a good goal for uh, for Pollock to get. No, it was a bad goal. Take. No, that was, was a terrible, terrible goal. goal. Yeah, but if that's what Antti Ranta's going to give you, then it won't be long until he starts looking over his shoulder because the Carolina situation, if, if let's say the Islanders come out and blitz them four or five goals tonight, who is going in net the next game? And we can't definitively say that. That is a big factor, and I believe the 43 of you watching would already know that as well. Carolina is so good, it might not matter who's in their net, but here's the thing. You still got to put a guy in the net, and he still has to stop the puck because Ronta did a good job last year up until game six versus the Rangers. Game seven, he was abysmal. So, Anthony, last word on the New York Islanders and what they need to do or what you think is going to happen tonight. Um, well, I, I mean, I hope, obviously I hope that they tie the series up. Um, I know, I know they're going to, you know, they, they made adjustments. The Hurricanes, I'm sure are going to make adjustments and I, I expect another, you know, close game, maybe another, even another two, one game. Um, you know, Phil, I know you mentioned, you know, want to see more from Sorokin. I, I mentioned it with Mark when I gave my recap of game one, his save percentage was 946 and the, the second power play goal he let up was a deflection off Burns' shot. I, I mean, when you have a 946 save percentage and your team still loses the game, that just shows that your forwards did not nearly do enough. Um, so, I mean, the only way he could be better is by, by pitching a shutout. So, I, I don't. I mean, he was the least – I get what you're saying, but he was the least of the Islanders' issues. He was, he was really, really good in game one, uh, and I expect him to be really, really good again today. Um, the Islanders got to give more goal support. They got to score more goals than Anthony Ronta than one goal. 
get to the net, cause more traffic, and try to generate more chances. The Hurricanes play a possession game called the Corsi Canes. They have to find a way to get more possession, being able to skate through neutral ice rather than dumping it in. Because when they dump it in, the Hurricanes' defense are good at collecting the puck and moving it back up the ice. So the Islanders got to look for some extra space somewhere. Uh, um, I'm curious to see what those adjustments that Lane Lambert said he made are because, like I said, they, they need to possess the puck more. Um, and the skilled players need to get the puck more. Nelson needs to carry the puck more. Barzell needs to carry the puck more. You need to get the puck in these guys' hands because they can make plays. Um, so, you know what? The Really, the biggest difference is the Hurricanes, their suffocating style that they play is even more suffocating the Isles right now because the forwards, offensive firepower right now, they're both, they, they're both not really scoring a lot of goals. So, again, it's, it's going to come down to defense and which team – really bends first in terms of turning the puck over and making really poor decisions. So hopefully, and the last thing actually I forgot to mention is really important. I mean, you could say this for a lot of teams, but I think this really exemplifies the Hurricanes more than anybody else. You do not want to fall behind because they are so hard to come back from when the Hurricanes get a lead, especially a multi-goal lead. So if the Islanders could score the, the, the first goal of the game, maybe even the second goal of the game, and they're playing with a lead, they're going to see a different style of Hurricanes play that might make them easier to counteract. So I think scoring the first goal tonight is absolutely crucial for the Islanders. Can I add just two words to that? At home. Everything you said plus at home is even worse with yes. Carolina. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, Phil, we were, we were talking about it before we went on. Why is it imperative that the Islanders get the win tonight instead of just trying to hold serve at home? Because you don't want to go and play a team like Carolina, even in your own building, and have them get a lead. If they get a lead in your own building, they're a good road team. They, that, that's, that's not something you want to trifle with, my friends. It's really not. Well, I predicted this was going to be a seven-game series. I still think Islander right. fans settle on in. It's going to be a long, long, long series. That is it for the A block because we're trying to be as fast as possible. Don't want to have Anthony miss one second of tonight's <laughs> game or even the rest of you tuning in to watch it right now. But uh, we are going to first have a message from DraftKings. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let's say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So-so, it's just a beer? Or 
oh god just give me a shot i need a shot and i did keep up my tradition of free game shots for before every single playoff game because let's be honest you, you need them before you you do that <laughs> no I, I don't know how many more layout talks they're gonna be but they're, <laughs> we're trying not to do that so play along down in the comments below and also why go to the liquor store when you can have the liquor store come to you? Make it a drizzly night. It's basically you can order any liquor that you want, wine, beer, whatever. Tell them to come to you. And, of course, as I mentioned before, the Big Apple Hockey Tracker hats are back in. I think I just mispronounced hockey for a second. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Big Apple Hockey. You, you put too many words in a person's brain at one time. Guys, last night, Patrick Kane had 15 minutes of ice time, and he picked up an assist. <laughs> Filk, there are people out there saying the Rangers need more out of Patrick Kane. <laughs> Boy, I could get the voice to actually say layup. All right, let's hit that easy button right there. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, I mean, what? I don't know what else there really is to say. Um, I didn't think he was terrible. Um, I also didn't think he was great. He actually made another really good play to spring Kreider and Zibanejad on a two-on-one uh, by making a, a – taste, taking a hit to get the puck out of the zone. So um, I want more from him. I definitely want to see more. I think he's probably hurt. I, I really want to see him start to turn it up, though, and that would it should start tomorrow. Anthony. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> beer. Uh, and obviously, they got him – for the player that he could be in clutch moments in the playoffs. Um, you know, if the Rangers are going to go all the way and win the cup, they're going to need him to, you know, to put up points and, you know, not just kind of be a passenger sport, so to speak with his production, but he's Patrick Kane. Um, you know, I, I think, I think he'll raise his game as the playoffs move on. And like Phil mentioned, you know, he might be a little bit hurt. There was, before he was traded, there was a speculation that, you know, he could need work done to his, I believe it was his hip. He denied it and, you know, said that, a lot of that, you know, didn't understand where it was coming from, but, um, you know, it might turn out after the year you find out he, you know, he needed something done, but I think he'll be okay. But I will say, yeah, they, they do need him to produce though. Um, if they're going to win at all. Uh, I'm just going to go beard. They don't need much more out of him. I believe there was a, a show that aired last night called the final buzzer with John Falkowski that where he, the host of it, I forgot what the guy's name is, uh, said that, Patrick Kane came here to be a guy, not the guy. And as long as he's just another guy, that's more than fine for the New York, New York Rangers and him because it just gives them more depth in their lineup. Do, the, do they need him to be 2013 Consmite Trophy winner? Of course not. Um, would we take that? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, everybody would. But you, know, you don't need to. And trust me, right now they're fine with where he is. Anthony, I'm going to quote um, a contributor to our channel. Uh, his name was Anthony LaRocco. He actually said this, in this in just a minute ago, that the Horvat line was swallowed up by the stall line. So, yeah, Wayne Lambert just needs to be better and needs to make better adjustments for the New York Islanders. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's granted it, it's only one game, but still – it's still around for me. Um, you know, playoffs, most important time of year. I get, you know, that the Hurricanes have the last change, home ice. Um, but he's got to do something with, you know, be more savvy, do something with the lines, find a way to get, 
you know, Barzell out there, that line when, when Stahl's on the bench. Hell, you know, I, every time the Hurricanes ice the puck, I would put Bar- I would put Barzell's line out if, if Stahl's on the bench because they can't change. Because, you know, you win a faceoff, you get zone possession time, you know, he's out there against a favorable matchup. Um, you know, switch up maybe some line combinations, do something. But, um, you know, I, I think he needs to find a way to, to get that line away from Stahl where they can get a more favorable matchup. Phil. <laughs> there won't be many layups tonight except for this one again. So there's another layup for you. You just, you are, you are comedy, my friend. You are comedy. <laughs> because I, I can count on you to say things like that. There won't be many layups. And then you're just feeding me these things. Like, this is like Lob City. It's like Blake Griffin with the Los Angeles Clippers <laughs> when they were doing all those alley oops. It's just right there. It's right above the basket. Thank you. It's a slam dunk. So, um, yeah, like, why, how does Lane Lambert not need to be better? They lost, and it wasn't exactly uh, one of those losses where you could sit there and just hang your hat on. And I'm not saying, listen, they got blown out or anything like that. But Lane Lambert got clearly outcoached on Monday night. So, yeah, he definitely needs to be better. Uh, and we're going to make it a clean sweep. I guess still have to make up a graphic for that one because I'm going to buy around on it because I didn't see any in-game adjustments where he was actually um, like trying to do different things schematically. It seemed like they, it, it, they were playing for one more bounce. And, oh, oh there's a classic NBA one. Jam, NBA right there, Jam. Buddy. But, I mean, it didn't seem like they were playing for uh, too much more adjustments. But this is also why I say uh, – that coaches are developing too. And Liam Lambert's still a rookie head coach. So look, it's, it's hard enough to win with a first year coach. I don't know many more guys other than Bob Brentley. Somebody else told me one, Phil. I can't remember uh, another first year rookie. coach. Is that one rookie coach or manager? Rookie coaches or managers that won. Yeah. Bob, Bob Brentley in Arizona, 2001 was. Yeah. I punched myself for that one. Cause I hated that series. <laughs> um world series where every home team won yeah exactly uh, all right well you keep thinking to see if you can find more but i just i just you know lambert's learning on the on the fly too speaking about young people that are really kind of bring carrying their teams alex lyon i put up this stat for how he concluded the regular season since march 28th six one and one nine forty three save percentage uh 1.87 goals against he allowed three goals to the vaunted Bruins, and uh, one of them uh, the, that DeBrusque took literally off his pad and stuffed it in. Uh, that, I, But never mind. Yeah, that. that was a weird goal. That was a bit of a weird goal. I've, I've had it happen. I've had it happen where the goalie caught my stick, and I just turned my stick over and knocked the puck out. So on a deflection of all things. Alex Lyon, starting game two for Shadows, Sergey Bobrovsky's future with the Florida Panthers. I'll start with you, Phil. Ah, uh, ooh, this is definitely not a layup. Um, there you go, core. There's no layup. <laughs> I'm torn between a round and a and a beer here because Sergey Bobrovsky has been his own worst enemy ever since he's come to the Florida Panthers. I can tell you that right now. Um, their defense has definitely uh, downgraded quite a bit. The loss of Mackenzie Weger has hurt them. I would even say losing Mike Matheson has hurt them a little bit. Um, but 
I, I, I just – I don't see any way where Bobrovsky comes back and gets back to form and is all of a sudden anywhere near the Vezina winner that he was years ago. Uh, that contract is an albatross, probably the worst in the league for anyone's money. So uh, – but the thing is, what it comes down to for me is I, I'm going to go with beer, and I'm only going to go with a beer because – I don't think Alex Lyon is the guy, and I don't think that he's going to help them. So I think at some point, Bobrovsky, you're going to see him in this series, but I wonder if it's in like garbage time where he's just dusting up or if they're starting in for a game and they're already down and out and it's a desperation uh, move to try to see if they could turn the tide in some sort of way. Anthony. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna with round. I mean, this guy makes ten million dollars a year. He wasn't their starter down the stretch, and now in the playoffs, he's on the bench again. They 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 have to find a way to move a guy like that. You can't have a pay a gully ten million dollars and you don't use him in the playoffs and in crunch time. I think they're gonna try desperately to to move him. I don't know if they can because of his contract. Like Phil said, it's a it's a really bad one. Um, but I think they're gonna do their best to try to move him in the summertime. Um, see if they could find a see if they could find a taker uh, for him. Uh, heavy retained salary. I think they're going to be desperate to move him. Um, I think they know that he's, you know, maybe he's not the guy anymore. There are contracts that you first guess when you see it, and I said, I've said it too many times that when I saw him sign the ten year uh, the ten million dollar eight year deal. And I, at first, I'm going with a round on this because they also drafted Spencer Knight. And if Spencer Knight comes out and regains some of his form, and there, there's that's a big if right now for what he's going through. Hopefully, he's he's doing well. Um, but the um, the thing about Bobrovsky is, and you look at stop me if this sounds familiar, Philk. In in the end of 2024, July 1st. He's got a 16-team limited no-trade clause. That's when it looks like they're going to move him. I don't think they can move him. Uh, that $10 million price tag, even if you pay, uh, knock them down to $5 million, that's going to be hard. Like, I mean, Anthony, who I don't know if there's Who wants a $5 million unreliable backup? That's the thing. It's not yeah. like Lama, where Varlama was actually a halfway decent backup. I mean, Bobrovsky is just all over the place. And it's a shame because this guy was at the pinnacle of his game, two-time Vezina Trophy winner. He should have only won one, <coughs> 2013. Um, yeah. But that's 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 about it on that. And I just I, I I think Alex Lyon also, by the way, if he still keeps this up, like he wasn't bad in game one. Why not just play him in game two? And if the Bruins torch him, then you talk about switching over to Bob. Yeah. And after all, he's already beaten the winningest team in. NHL history once. I don't know if he could do it again. You, you know, you know what the before you move on, you know what the another major could be a major uh, major roadblock in moving Bobrovsky is that to move a contract like that, you're gonna have to attach a pretty good asset to it. Well, guess what? They don't have a first this year, they don't have a first in 2024, they don't have a first in 2025. So yeah, uh, what 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 are they gonna what are they gonna attach to Bobrovsky to entice a team to take on that contract? I don't know. How ownership stock. His name still have a job as a general manager. Like you're, he's running that team into a ground. They, they don't have a first next year, the year after, or the year after that. 
Um, you've traded. I, I mean, I, I, all right, cool. Matt Kachuk, Matt Kachuk had an MVP caliber year, but you gave up Huberto and Uyghur and killed your defense. Yeah. Bill Zito is the GM over there right yeah, now. I don't, I don't I, yeah, Bill Zito. It just and I don't think it was Dale Talon that made these moves. So I don't think it was either. Can't can't blame the previous GM. It's like the, that that saying of do you know who's got to worry about that? Future Bill Zito. Well, the future's here, Bill. And right now it's still not looking all that good. Anthony's 100 percent right on that. Mm. Speaking about the future, uh, think about stories that are told all the time. You get some guys that are stupid enough to pick the Toronto Maple Leafs to win a series. And then you watch game one like last night as they fall 7-3 to to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Michael Bunting, that's a terrible play, Michael Bunting. That's that's not fighting Uh, for the play. So, suspended for three games. Three playoff games. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you have to to be a real special uh, special level of scum to get yourself suspended for three playoff games when you're a first-time offender. Yeah, that was a terrible, terrible move. And our question is, the Lightning will take a 2 nothing lead back to Tampa. Guys, I'm going to go beer on this one because I can't go shot and I can't go round. I still say the Leafs are going to win this series. I am not confident about that anymore. By the way, Anthony, best bet of the night, the Lightning getting a goal and a half? I will take that and run because they're not going to get. I, I maybe Toronto <coughs> wins the game by two goals. I don't know. Go take an empty netter, but uh, I just, I just don't see it. And thankfully, thankfully Toronto's just a gift that keeps on giving. They were booed off the ice by their fans last night. Anthony, you know what? I'm gonna. I thought it's going out on a limb because it very well could happen. I'm gonna go round. I'm, I'm gonna. To say the Lightning take Game Two tomorrow as well. Um, I mean, you got to remember, even though it's just one game, the Maple Leafs have lost the first round what six years in a row now. I think mentally they are a fragile group now when it comes to the playoffs. They they blow leads. They get to they get to um, situations where they can close a team out as they've done in the past, and they lose two in a row and they get bounced. Um, you know, they got trounced last night, and I. I mean, yeah, I think they're going to come out hard. I think they're because they, you know, they really can't afford to go out 2 0. Um, but at the same time, I just don't have any belief left in this group. I, I don't. Um, and I think the Lightning may smell a little blood here. Yeah, you know, the, the Leafs are probably a little dejected. So I'm going to say the Lightning take the 2 0 lead back to Tampa. Filk. <laughs> Lay up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is going to happen. It's it's absolutely happening. Uh, <laughs> Toronto is not beating Tampa. I would not be surprised at this point if Toronto got swept. Wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked because, like Anthony said, this team mentally is softer than baby shit. That's just how soft – fragile they are um i don't think they have what it takes their big guys don't step up to the plate come playoff time their goaltending is atrocious probably uh, if if not for seattle's tandem serrano's is probably the worst in the playoffs Uh, and i I would rather have carolina's anti-ronta over 
Seattle's group or Toronto's two goaltenders. Just terrible goaltending. Um, they just did not look like they they were there. They looked like they were checked out. They looked like they're a defeated team. They saw who they had to face, realized that they got they they lost to them last year, and then we're like, oh okay, you know what? We just totally forgot that we got Ryan O'Reilly, um, Jake McCabe, and and who? What was the other acquisition they got? Noel Chari. Noel Chari. What's that? And Lafferty too. Lafferty too. Yeah, Sam Lafferty. So they forgot that they got all this jam, grit, and experience, and they were already mentally checked out the way that they looked in that game. And when they, when that, when Tampa took that lead and, and they finally started getting away from them, they were just done. Quitters. That group is soft and they should be absolutely embarrassed of themselves. Dubas and Shanahan, you guys are gone come June if you don't win this series. And one of that big four needs to be moved. So. They're done. They're losing this game tonight. I don't envy the new GM for having to, to nope. say the words, we traded Austin Matthews, because I can't believe he's going to have to say no, it. No, they're it, not going to trade Austin Matthews. They're it, going it, to trade William Nylander, telling that right Oh, now. okay. Well, he's, he's usually the yeah, obvious I think, one. But... I, think that's, I think that's the more likely play. I, I don't see them moving a talent like Marner. Tavares's contract and his no movement probably prohibits moving yep. him, so that yep. leaves Nylander as the reasonable option. But they better make sure you got Austin Matthews signed long-term before you even get into next season. Don't even play that game. You, you make sure he's signed long-term. And by the way, guys, to back up further what Philk was just saying, that meme that I put up on uh, the Big Apple Hockey uh, uh, Instagram page where it's just the look on Sheldon Keefe's face. Oh, my goodness. This team is already done. They're already done. So yeah, there's that. Well, I mean, Mark, you said you have to. I don't want to get too far off. You said you have to keep him. You can't go. But what happens if he doesn't? If they lose again in the first round, who's to say that he's going to be like, you know what? I don't want to sign an extension this summer. I want to see how things go. It's very realistic that could happen. Austin Matthews next year it will be in the final year of I think it was a five year deal at eleven point six four million dollars. He'll be a UFA. No, you make sure he's either signed long. Don't he can look right at John Tavares, who maybe he went through the same thing saying and, and saying, oh, well, I, I wanted to see how it goes. Well, how's it going in Toronto, Johnny? Because the <laughs> Islanders have been more successful since he left. Yeah, I, you, you, you can't. And, and, the, and the package you could get back, you can rebuild on the fly with the package you'll get back for Austin Matthews. And not that Kyle Dubas is going to leave the cu- uh, the cupboard stocked anyway. I hope Matthew Nyes is the, the greatest player of all time now. Guys, <laughs> Ryan Hartman scored the game-winning goal in the second overtime Monday night. Game two is going to be tonight. Dallas and Minnesota is going to be a long series. Mr. Filkowski, I want your thoughts on that first. <laughs> I'll go hit the layup button. All right. Yep. <laughs> there you yeah, go. I was just looking for that, but I'll just post this one instead. There won't be many layups tonight. Said Mark Williams probably before there were several layups tonight. Yeah, well, yeah. I could have reworded it a little bit better. But yeah. 
Yeah, you're 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 a silly man with these layups. <laughs> you really are. You really are. <laughs> all Can right. So this is gonna be a long longer. series. Yeah, I obviously think this is going to be a long series. I predicted I, – I think I predicted Dallas in six over Minnesota. So, yeah, it's going to be a long series. I wouldn't be shocked if it was seven. I was torn between saying six or seven. I just think that now it's it's a little different without Joe Pavelski. We don't know how long Pavelski is going to be out for. So, yeah, this is going to be a long series. Dallas has to win tonight. They have to win tonight. They have to come out. They have to make a statement. And if I'm Dallas – I am targeting Matt Dumba at every single passing chance I get. Everybody should be taking runs at him. Everyone. So, yeah, this is going to be a long one, and it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a lot of fun for me to watch as a neutral fan. (laughs) Anthony, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going round. Um, uh, I I think both teams have similarities, but they also have differences. But – um, you know, Minnesota is a good defensive team. Gustafson, I mean, he had a really coming out party this year. Um, he, he played really strong for them. He was great for them in, in goal in game one. Um, you know, and Dallas, obviously, they're they're really good too with another with a really good goalie, Ettinger, and they got a lot of firepower. Ottinger, um, Ottinger. Uh, I think <laughs> play better. We'll pronounce picked, your name right. I picked Dallas. Um, but I went back and forth, but but it with it being a toss up. But I went with Dallas. But either way, I think it's going seven games. So uh, yeah, round. Uh, let me get this officially. I said Dallas in six. You said Dallas in seven. Anthony Philk said Dallas in six as well. Uh, I have a scary feeling, guys. If there's no Joe Pavelski, this series might go short. But I'm gonna have to go beer on this because I can't say shot yet. And the Jake Ottinger is is gonna do he's he's gonna do his best to keep them in the series he did it last year against calgary flames when the calgary flames were looking like they were going to be a stanley cup favorite and i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be a a series that's going to go at least six games i think i'm now starting to think the minnesota wild are going to win this series guys because that's a big loss that they had right there and losing joe pavelski really hurts but you know what else really hurts getting punched in the mouth 5-1 at home and no i'm not talking about the new jersey devils i'm talking about the las vegas golden knights who lost to the winnipeg jets 5-1 with lauren Bersois in net guys the golden knights are in trouble here lawrence on the booth what oh no you didn't see shorzy did you Oh, I did. What was the what was the line? Lawrence Abu. <laughs> yeah, him and uh, uh, who did Frankie JJ say that line or something? Or yeah, no, it's the two uh, announcers that she has. The announcers. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Anthony, are the Golden Knights in trouble? I mean, I, I want to say round, but again, it's only it's only one game. Um, so I'm gonna go beer. But I mean, you gotta look. And Mark, you referenced it when we. Did the the preview uh, about Vegas's goaltending between Bourseois and Quick? Not really the best tandem. I mean, the Jets have you know top five goal in the league with Connor Hellebuck, huge advantage in net, um, and they're no slouch offensively. I mean, Dubois, Connor, Ehlers, Wheeler, Shifley, more in the back end. They, they you know they had their struggles down the stretch, and for a while it looked like eh, you know they're going to get passed by Calgary, but you know they're they're a good team. They got size. 
Adam Lowry was great last night. So, yeah, I mean, it's very possible that the Jets kind of flip the script here on everybody. Um, so I'll go beer. But, again, I, I can't write off, you know, one of the West's best team, the, one of the West's best team just off one game. But, I mean, it is it is scary when you kind of look at some of the matchups and say, oh, you know, I think the Jets may have the edge. So we'll see how it shakes out. But um, not the best start for the Knights. Felk? Shot. One game. Just one game. Uh, and you know what? Winnipeg played great, and they have some playoff experience, but so do the Golden Knights, and they just got their captain back. And I, I think that Mark Stone is going to have quite the impact in this series. I, I just think that he's you know literally just getting his feet wet. Um, I, I just think that Winnipeg played a masterful game. I, I think that Bruce Cassidy is an amazing coach and will make adjustments. I'm not worried about that. Just one game. I, I, I think that Cassidy will challenge that leadership group to really step up and play. And I think they're going to respond. Yeah, I'm going to go beer on this. Uh, the goaltending quandary is the, the biggest part for me. But I agree with Phil. I think the rest of the team, you look at that back end, Petrangelo, um, White Cloud, uh, all the great defensemen that are on there, Martinez, there, there's – and uh, che, uh, Theodore. But, I, I mean, I, I just – I can't completely be confident because their goaltending situation – if you told me it was Logan Thompson, who was their goalie most of the yeah. year up until February when he had his knee injury – I'd be a little bit more psyched. Jonathan Quick, hopefully they can squeeze another playoff series out of him, and then maybe we get L.A. versus uh, the Golden Knights where they have to play the video tribute <laughs> during the playoff game. That's <laughs> still uh, – I'll keep running that out there because that's just funny to think about. Guys, we mentioned before uh, the Dallas – uh, the Dallas Stars losing in overtime. So did the Edmonton Oilers. They lost game one in overtime after having two, two goal leads. The Colorado Avalanche lost game one in Seattle's first ever playoff game. The Oilers need to win game two more than the Colorado Avalanche. Mr. LaRocco. I'm going to go round only because um I mean, I think the Avalanche are much better than the Oilers' opponent in the Kings. And not to take anything away from the Kraken, they did win last night. I predict the sweep. But I think in a, I think a situation where if Colorado lost game two, I still think they're good enough um, where they can come back on, on Seattle. Um, essentially, what it comes down to, I think they could afford to drop another game more than the Oilers. Um, I think with the Oilers, if they drop another game to the Kings – the Kings are, um, in my opinion, a much better defensive team than the Kraken are. I think they defend a lot better. And as you saw, I, I'm not saying it's going to continue because Connor McDavid is ungodly, but Deneau and the Kings held him in check last night. Um, you could tell he was a little bit frustrated. Um, I think if the Kings win game two, you know, now you're talking they're going home with a 2 nothing lead. They're going to, I think they're going to probably buckle down even more so at that point. Um, and I think that could really cause a lot of problems for the Oilers, as good as. McDavid and dry side of ours. So for me, it's a round. I, I think the Oilers need to win game two more than the Avalanche do for sure. Felk. Just fire it up again. <laughs> really? All right. Well, how, all right. So 
You're going to tell me that you're more worried about the defending champs losing game one to a first a first time mm-hmm. playoff team than a team that's had constant troubles <laughs> over the last few years getting you know getting past certain teams and getting far, further in the playoffs. That you're that's what you're trying to tell me. Actually, this one was uh, actually this one was a hybrid of mine and Anthony's. But yeah, that's what I think uh, it could be. No, the Oilers absolutely need this game more. It's a it's a layup. They need <laughs> this. They blew two two goal leads, and then they, you you blew it on home ice too. Eek. Colorado Eek. just got kind of surprised by Seattle. Is Colorado still going to win that series? This series is actually somewhat up in the air now with that because you have another group that doesn't have great goaltending. Their defense is questionable, although improved. And the leadership group, although McDavid and Dreisaitl score, the other guys haven't been great over the years. So, yeah, the Oilers are the team that you have to worry about quite a bit more, Mark. Just a, just a tad. I wanted to say the avalanche. I wanted to say beer on this. Thanks to you, Filk. I got to go round. I got to go round. Now I have to do this because you said it You said it best. They blew two two-goal leads and lost in overtime. Psychologically speaking, that's a killer. And Stuart Skinner still hasn't won a playoff game in his career, obviously. And, uh, I mean, Georgiev hasn't won one for anybody, never mind the Avalanche. So uh, it, it's – that's the only He, he didn't look good last night though. either. He, he didn't look good and what I was able to watch from him. But that's the only talking point between these two teams is that these two teams both have goaltenders that have not won a playoff game starting between Skinner and Georgiev. You want to talk about Jack Campbell? Okay. Philip Grubauer, I don't think he won a playoff game with the Capitals, correct? No. Oh, wait, no, he did win. He won won some with the the Avalanche. I forgot. Yeah, the Avalanche he won, but not with the Capitals. No. Yeah, the Capitals. So yeah, I mean these are both two two teams. If they drop games, no, two. I think uh, I think Grubauer, I think Grubauer beat the Islanders in a playoff game. I think he came in. The Islanders beat Holtby, and they made a switch, and they brought in Grubauer. And I think Grubauer beat the Islanders in a game in twenty in twenty nineteen. Twenty fifteen. Oh, in twenty fifteen? No, no. twenty fifteen. No, yeah, we'll take a look at that because uh, we got 15 minutes be left long. before the. I mean, he has been around that long, so but I don't think that he's. Well, 2018 was when he was a starter, so. Yeah, well, that's when he. That's when Holby lost the job, and then um, he kind of he got ousted in the playoffs against uh, Columbus. And yes, Bunting is. Yeah, he played. He played in he played in one he played in one playoff game in 24 in 2014-2015. And he got the win for it. Yeah. Wow. Anthony, good call. Good call on that one. Good April, call. April 17th, which was actually two days ago, 2015. He allowed three goals on 21 shots and got the win. By the way, everybody, right now we have 22 likes on this video. Thank you very much for your support. If you haven't uh, subscribed, make sure you're subscribing. We're not just near a cocky. We cover everything with a big apple attitude. So um, I did have the the uh, the poll today, which was what's the most shocking event so far? 
And yes, uh, Mr. Sintastic yeah, is saying that comment. Yeah, they still have Doughty and Kopitar. These guys won't lose the series. If they go going back to LA, LA. That, that's not good for Edmonton. And at that, um, you know what? Don't forget Philip Deneau is, is a great second option. So it's hard to get McDavid away from good defensive centers. Never mind. Yeah, because you, you have a two-time Selkie winner, and you have a guy that's the last player and the fifth in NHL history to score 90 points and win a Selkie in the same season. Yeah, I heard he's kind of good. I heard he I heard he was good enough to win a Conn Smythe Trophy a couple of times, but didn't win it. Yeah, yeah, he could have. He could have won it either one of those times. By the way, the second one still kills me because I don't think we're ever going to see a Conn Smythe with uh, Filkowski or Larocco. Hopefully, we will someday. But we see one that says Williams. Thank you very much. So it was great having my own name screw kill me. That guy. Yeah, screw that guy. Um. But the uh, results of this uh, go, what's the most shocking events for you in the postseason? Uh, Seattle taking game one, 44% saying that. Rangers and Jets dominating 32%. Toronto's lack of discipline, 17% and 7% for uh, Edmonton versus Dallas. What are you going to say? There's, there's, three, there's three teams that were their goaltending concerns me. The Oilers, the Knights, and... The uh, why am I drawing a blank on the last one? The Oilers, the Knights, Panthers, and the Leafs, and the Leafs. Yeah, those those teams' goaltending situations would concern me right now because I, I there's a lot more teams than that. You ask me. Uh, the the Kraken's goaltending situation concerns me. Colorado's is up in the air, even though it, it that one doesn't concern me as much as the others because of the team in front of them. But do you really trust Alexander Georgiev against? Someone like Igor Shesterkin or a Connor Hellebuck. I mean, it, provided everything else was equal, I, I'm taking almost anyone in the playoffs over Georgiev that's not named Alex Lyon, Sergey Bobrovsky, Martin Jones. Um, I mean, Philip Grubauer, I'm not even a big fan of him as well. And then you've got <laughs> Toronto and of, of Samsonov and, and Murray, which is just straight trash. I, I think I would rather... Uh, roll a garbage can over on the ice and have to shoot a ball into the garbage. And then have, <laughs> and have in that. And Murray, like Murray's hockey. not even Murray's hurt right now. J- uh, Wall is their backup. He came yeah, yeah. in really for Wall, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wall is your backup. Oh god, great. Well, I mean, great. And that <laughs> Phil, I can't help but notice you didn't mention Vitek Vanacek. I mean, I I guess Vitek Vanacek is a little better than those other guys, but again, another team that does not have great goaltending. This year in the playoffs is really odd because I think this might be the worst goaltending crop that I've seen across the league in the playoffs in a very long time. Well, we had one more part talk topic, and we got to talk about the guys that one of the guys is going to be mentioned who – came up with that goalie tandem in Toronto this year because Bradtree Living and the Flames have parted ways on Monday and Kyle Dubas's contract is set to expire with the Leafs. Bradtree Living is the best free agent of the – he's the best of the free agent GMs. Philk. What other GMs are available? Oh, it could be Kyle Dubas. But we don't have a list, Mark. No, oh, that's a good point. So how am I supposed to 
Yeah, right, right, right now you're just don't. It's it's yeah. really just Hextall who. Just I, I, this is really just anything. kind of like a me go look up who's available, and that's kind of harder to find than. The yeah, all right, so we'll scrap that one. Sorry, yeah, everybody. Uh, sorry, bud. Yeah, you know what? I, it sounded much better in my head and on the paper, and then it just didn't come out that well. So hold on, we got to play this this one for everybody. So sorry, it wasn't a layout, but oh no, Mark messed up. Yeah. <laughs> all right all right uh we're gonna take a couple questions uh and everybody once again thanks for uh tuning in to big apple hockey's bar talk where we're gauging our confidence on nhl topics based on our choice to drink anthony's gonna be running out oh, in a minute it's sponsored Let's by drizzly comments. remember it's sponsored by drizzly buddy that's right sponsored by drizzly make it a drizzly night everybody you know hell right now anthony doesn't want to run anywhere he's got the game on cold cold go on the app Bring it down to you. See, that's really that. The, I mean, those are really the only legitimate goaltenders in the playoff in the playoffs right now. And, and um, Allmark is un, he's unproven. Yes, and I was just gonna say, as good as Allmark was in the regular season, he he, I mean, he hasn't even played a playoff game until the other night. So, oh man, Core, oh, I love right. that comment, Fletcher. I forgot. Fletcher's another guy that got fired. So there's three guys: Trey Living, Hextall, and Fletcher right now that are that are free. All right, so we know three guys. Manager. Okay, so then I feel a little bad, kind of shooting down Mark's question, but I guess yeah, the, we need the list on it, Phil. The best is just I I don't know. <laughs> well, Corsay and the great and Chuck Fletcher potentially really going to uh um. The Maple Leafs, that would be a sight to see. I would I would love to know what he's gonna do to that organization. Because right think, now I read, uh, survival just wants you to butcher his name. <laughs> Laviolette. Wow, you did it. <laughs> First try. Oh, and the funny part is how much I like the guy, and I, I was able to get it. He's gonna be, I think, among the best free agent coaches of this year. Like there I, I read that uh, Ray Shero is is I read that Ray Shero was Mark's interested in, in going back to the layups, zero spelling mistakes, no name mistakes. <laughs> one... <laughs> there were no spelling mistakes and no name mispronunciation mistakes. Oh, my though. God. But one question mistake, because you know what? Sometimes Phil can point <laughs> out the problem. in front of the mirror yeah. to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, well, imagine that, a Mr. Sintastic, with a good one right here. Av's, uh, um, Av to the Leafs. That would be great. Lose. Oh my God, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, uh, one good season. Dave Ortiz. I want to see Mark try to name ten Finnish players. I would love to see you pronounce those ten Finnish names. I, I could always go with Capo Caco. That's an easy one. I got yeah. that one in the bag. Tukarask. <laughs> There's okay. another one. Timo Solani. Great. Uh, Oh, shit, I gotta think of all these uh Empire Rasmus Ristolainen. Rasmus Ristolainen is four. Oh uh it's well Yari Curry. I'm cheating. I'm going Curry's with old five. players, not current ones. Uh Rasmus Ristolainen again. What a mistake by by Fletcher on that one. We're at five. Um, hey, Mark, I could do I could easily Mark, do five more. I'm, I'm just having a little bit of trouble. Obviously, my two of my favorite fins, the Koivu brothers, Saku and uh who oh Mark. I forgot. Oh yeah, who's the Finnish Anthony. player that plays in the Hurricanes? 
Oh, no. Can you say his name for me? Yasperi Kakaniemi. Ah, they get it right. Did it come oh, close? But, 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 Mark, you can easily end this list. Oh, I know. Miko Rantanen, of course, one of my favorite non-New York Rangers. Uh, I thought one of my favorite players in the league. And um, there's a guy that has – there's a guy with – well, two guys with the same name that are playing against each other. Oh, well, one of uh, – are they both Finns? Yeah, Sebastian Ajo. No, obviously. one's Swedish. The Islanders oh, Ajo is Swedish. Yeah. But, Phil, that's a lot like uh, 10 years ago, Nicholas Backstrom versus Nicholas Backstrom. One was Finnish, one was Swedish. I, yeah, I think one had the – well, the Washington's Backstrom has the C in his name, and Minnesota's, the goaltender, didn't have the C. Yeah, I mean, it's – And he was I mean, uh, Well, you heard what happened today. Elias Pettersson, defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks, yes. signed an entry-level yes. deal. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You into that building. Had, uh, had that post. He was like, I can't wait for um, LA to sign their prospect, Jack Hughes, to cause a bunch of confusion. So, uh, Tavo Terravine is an easy one. I was just having trouble with nationalities all of a sudden. Uh, I think, I think, really more so the question was prompted to see if you, how badly you would butcher Finnish names. Oh, yeah. Well, especially, I mean, because I mean, when Leo and um, his brother are on, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll butcher their names. Uh, but as, as uh, S. Flat is saying right here, Rosen's getting really bad. Combination of Kiner and Rizzuto at their worst. Uh, yeah, he kind of is. But you know what? It's it's where uh, <laughs> I kind of like uh, Vince Vaughn and Anchorman. I, it, whenever somebody uh, says something about Sam Rosen, I'm just like, Sam Rosen is a saint. But uh, hopefully Lou Lamorello is added to that list as he retires or joins the old folks home. That's what Empire State Construction is saying. No, but I mean, no, Miko Rantanen, of course, I, I, I love me some Miko Rantanen. That guy, that guy could be on my team any day and twice on Sunday. And now um, <laughs> uh, he now that you have it, it's um, – uh, he's now playing center, so that's even better for the Avalanche. Who'd have thought their second line center would be their first line wing? But Mark, you're starting to challenge Michael Jordan with these bar talk stat lines. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did have zero spelling mistakes today. Yeah. Not a, not hundred percent true. Lane Lambert was uh, not capitalized on the second Ma- half. Mark is like. Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals when it comes to layoffs on bar talk. Gonna go six to zero every time. I um, I I, I absolutely I I I try. Well, I try my best, but that's why you always need a proofreader until we eventually get big enough where we actually have assistance. Uh, it'll there'll always be spelling mistakes. Just own it. I'm gonna own it. I I came into the world as a mistake. It's the way I'm gonna leave it. So I can't help but say that. Lou is saying that Sam is uh, rivals John Sterling. I don't know about that. I think the most painful experience is to listen to the Yankees on the radio. And here is the 2-2 pitch to Derek. Outside ball three. The ball didn't go over the plate, John. That's why they didn't call it a strike. Oh, thank you, Susan. Like, 
it's yeah they, they, they are hard to listen to at times oh man right come on Oof. it's just it's it's rough now on the other hand i love listening to kenny albert i love listening to um and, and, and kenny albert can do anything i've been open about that one i love listening to uh brendan burke who does a great job Brendan burke when he's away from the islanders is amazing and brendan burke should be the national guy for all the games because he's just that good at this point. I, I I think I honestly right now if it's if it's not John Forslund, Brendan Burke's the best in business. I I would st- I would still say Kenny Albert for the national guy for that. But I mean, yeah, they should have at least tried getting one of those guys for um uh for ESPN instead of using Sean McDonough's terrible, absolutely terrible. And he seems like a nice guy, but like it just. He just lacks the the energy that's needed for the for the position. It really is, and and it, I I think he's trying to be even kill, and then when he ramps it up, it feels so weird. Feels unnatural, yeah. Like, yeah. I I listen. I I I'm, I don't want to sit here and and just rag on him, but like, it. it I I want to hear more of Levy. Steve mm-hmm. Levy kind of brings me back to the old days with hockey, and he's pretty good at it. Not the best, but he's pretty damn good at it. Um, I I would love to see Howie Rose make a comeback with hockey because we know how big of a Ranger fan he was, or he is rather, and we all know that his dream job was to to call the Rangers. He would he would kill for that position. So. Yeah. Right now, when Sam goes, I would love to see Howie Rose if it's not Kenny Albert. Yeah, and I and I would love to have either one of those guys uh, do it. Uh, Iceman is asking uh, my opinion. Hope it's true. The Rangers will resign Mikula and Tarasenko. Kane possibly not. What do you guys think? I think that's probably going to be a two. It depends on what Nico Mikula costs. Um, they do need a depth defenseman there. I just posted today, literally verbatim on Twitter, for the love of the New York Rangers and all hockey things related, Chris Drury, please move whatever mountains you have to and bring back Vladimir Tarasenko. The guy wants to be here. Yeah, and um, I don't think they're going to get all three of those guys, for for instance. And again, I keep saying Buffalo Sabres are going to come calling, and Tarasenko might – if if he has interest, regardless if he has interest, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that one. Yes, they do, Anthony. They definitely do. Um, because I mean, you're not really getting it out of Reinhardt. I I you want to talk about one and done coaches? Maybe Paul Maurice in uh in in Florida. Here I am, all alone. Uh, I can also switch up and do the custom setup, which I have right now, uh, while the guys are uh, off for a second. But um, yeah, I do think that they were regretted. <laughs> I don't know if I messed up on that. Well, I got it. all right. Uh, so this way you can still see Big Apple Hockey right there. Uh, still tinkering with more of these setups. If anybody wants to do streaming or if you use StreamYard, make sure uh, you can always click the link that I got down below because I am an affiliate. We're going to be doing more of that. And Philk is back. So 
the uh I do have to say I think I really like Mikola though for if the Rangers Yeah, I I would bring him back. Uh, it's a matter of whether they can make the cap work, the gymnastics obviously. Um I I I I just I, I think that Vladimir Tarasenko, you got to do what you got to do to get him back. I, I think he's young enough to the point where he could stay with this team for a few years at least. You could sign him to like a three or four year deal to the life of maybe Panarin's contract. I, I keep him here. Um, it helps your right wing depth. Patrick Kane, unless he wants to come back on a very, very, very reduced deal. I, I would say you, you probably move on to him unless he just, absolutely comes alive and just just starts destroying things in these next few games or, or the rest of the playoffs, I should say. I still think the Buffalo Sabres are going to come calling for Patrick Kane and they're probably going to make him an offer that a 34-year-old that wants to conclude his career possibly at home might have. <laughs> but uh, David, David's asking this question, uh, Phil, because we only have a few more minutes before we have to get out of here. Yeah. How long do you think – how long do you uh, – not find out what Robertson and Jones have. If All right, thank you. I mean, that's the thing. That's what it's going to come down to. I think Zach Jones will probably get moved. Uh, I, I, I hope to God that they don't pull a New York Yankees with him and then just kind of like basically screw him up and then trade him and then he's traded for absolutely nothing. Um, I would love to see him moved in, in a deal that could actually help improve the team. But it seems like, and at least give Zach Jones an opportunity to succeed elsewhere too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. You, you, you need, you need young, productive ELC talent to come in to fill a uh, void like Mikola. So I think maybe that's, maybe uh, hopefully Robertson can take that next step because I mean he's already what in his draft year plus five, so it's 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, he's going to go into his draft year plus five after after this season. So if you're not getting anything out of Robertson by next year, that, that's pretty much his walk year. You, you're gonna you're gonna have to move on from him after that. Coke, a lot of people have thrown up this uh, this name a lot as a, a guy that's going to be a cap casualty, and they're going to move him. And that's um, uh, Barkley Goudreau. I just don't see how the Rangers move him. I know he's got a limited no trade clause. I know he's got 3.8, I think, million dollars on AZ. 3.6. Okay, so you cover 50%. Maybe you get to 1.8. That's I, I still don't think that's going to be enough because he's got four more deal, uh, four more years on the deal, right? I, I wouldn't worry about the years. I think it's the AAV with a guy like that. Um, yeah. I, I think you know what you're going to get. I don't think he's going to decline like heavily anytime soon. He's going to be about a, you know, uh, Anywhere from a 25 to 30 point player, he'll be um, he'll be somebody that you that that'll help you win. And there will be bubble teams or teams that need that type of depth piece that will take him that are that are not on his no trade list. So yeah. um, I, I definitely think he's movable. I if they win the Stanley Cup this year. I think he's definitely gone. I, I, I just, I think that at that point, and I think there are going to be a lot of guys that are not going to be happy with a guy like him being moved because he's loved and respected in that locker room. But uh, I, I just see him being the cap casualty because you have Miller, Lafreniere, uh, 
you know, Kittle's extension just, you know, is going to kick in next year. I mean, the, the, there are other players that, uh, that need new deals and Barkley Goodrow is just, he makes too much money for a guy that's on the fourth line. And I know that he wasn't brought in to specifically be a fourth liner. They thought that he could be a third liner, uh, you know, with kind of like how they did it in Tampa with him, Gord and Coleman, but he he's become a fourth liner. So mm-hmm. you got to cut costs somewhere because a, a $3.6 million fourth line forward is way too much. Just like a second pairing $8 million defenseman that doesn't put up much offense. That's too much. So, Although they can't do anything with him until 2024 ends. Yes. And and also, uh, Matthew Robertson does turn 23 um, on May 9th. So it's yeah, Joe, he's, he's going to this is this was his draft plus four year so four years after his draft year and next year will obviously be the fifth and if you don't see any type of progress out of him he's probably gone after that so and patrick is 100 percent right on this one some people uh i'll, I'll actually do it some people call me maurice because i speak, speak on the, the politics of love yeah <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to actually conclude it right here because we got a lot and a lot of you guys want to get to watch the Islander game, which the puck should be dropping almost any minute. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the big show today. And uh, we are going to be doing more post-game stuff, more uh, more like uh, post-game talk reviews tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably be reading off Anthony's notes again, um, and and people will be calling me a sellout. <laughs> Uh, uh, but, but no, I'm just, I'm just reporting on it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not selling out. I, I, I care. I care about my team. I want my team to win. And, uh, yeah. So, and again, yeah, I would say it might've wasted those guys, but also they're not, they're not cracking the lineup, Joe. That's the other problem too. So, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, Anthony's checking in while you we're talking about the Rangers moving Goudreau. I just went on cap friendly armchair GM. If Loft gets 2.5 million, Miller gets 3.5 and Robertson on the roster leaves the Rangers with 3.2 million. That's without a backup goalie. And you can easily find a backup goalie to sign with that. And you know what? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think you could, I think you'd probably find a backup goalie to fit in there, but We'll get on get on that yeah. at a different time. All right. And, turn up. All right. Anthony, good luck to your to the Islanders tonight. And guys, thank you very much for joining us. We will see you tomorrow night. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. Playoffs and AEW wrestling. AEW. I wonder where there's gonna be more action. All right. Take care, everybody. Let's go.